Boston Richie's unauthorized music video in FAMU's locker room might be the talk of many conversations right now, but I expect this to quickly blow over. Oh, yeah, it's locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on family welcome back to another episode of the locked on hbcu podcast your number one daily one-stop shop for everything hbcu athletics monday through friday part of the locked on podcast network your team every day and i of course am darian gray aka the mouth of the south texas southern alum and former tsu herald sports Editor, and though I don't have my signs behind me, I do have the jersey on to show you I am a current contributing writer at USA Today's Saints Wire. Yes, sir. I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day. But remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusive starts with an S ends with the nest today's episode starts off with boston richie's music video and why this won't be a talking point for long it wraps up with Karon prunty and why he should check many of the boxes if not all of the boxes that hbcu players are required to check and in between i'm going to tell you trey oliver's response to Larry Scott's comments and why it reminds me of why I gravitated towards Oliver from the beginning. Whew! We have ourselves an episode today, ladies and gentlemen. So without further ado, every dayers, FAMU's latest controversy, it honestly should blow over relatively quickly for those who aren't on social media, because if you're not on social media, you might not even have heard too much about this unless you're actually looking for it. Boston Richie is an, uh, a rap artist who recorded a music video in FAMU's locker room, and it was unauthorized. Unauthor- so basically, they didn't sign off on it. He still recorded it. He still put it out. It seems as if FAMU got word of it late. They likely couldn't stop it from coming out. You know, I don't expect them to try to take it down. If they try to take it down, then this conversation completely shifts. I think things get a lot different if they reach out to Boston Richie, or if they go through some sort of channel to take it down. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think they will do it. And for those reasons, I do think it's going to blow over relatively quickly. But he recorded the video in FAMU's locker room. At one point in the video, he actually put on a FAMU helmet. And that's what you see when they're talking about, you know, wearing their uh, apparel and things of that nature. Those were some of the things that Coach Willie Simmons was speaking towards. I'm only going to read one of the three statements that was put out, and that came from the FAMU president. I'm not going to read the AD statement and Willie Simmons' statement, specifically because Simmons' statement was ridiculously long. But I feel like with all three of those people, you know, ladies and gentlemen coming out, that was enough. You did everything you needed to do to do what you needed to do. And that was disassociate yourself from this music video. So before I came on here and talked about it, because I'll be honest, my first thought in my head 
was something that probably would have been slightly disrespectful had I not Googled and learned some things about who Boston Richie was. Because when Coach Willie Simmons put out a statement saying a prominent rapper was putting out a music video at FAMU doing all of these things, my mind got to thinking, what prominent rapper? You know, so I start going to the top rappers in the world, the top artists in the world. And when I seen real Boston Richie, I was stopped for a second. I, was, I had no idea who that person was. I personally had never heard of him before this, you know? So instead of coming on here and be like, this nobody, da, 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 and being disrespectful, I took a second to look to see if maybe I just was out of the loop. And it appears that I was, right? So first off, locally, he's a relatively big deal. He's one of the guys that's really beloved in the city of Tallahassee. He's even been on the FAMU sidelines at one point. So it leads me to believe that the fact it was unauthorized was the only thing that was really a problem. Like, if he just went through the proper channels, fam, you might have let him record a music video somewhere on the campus, maybe not in the locker room, but maybe somewhere to show love to fam, you, and he would have gotten the rules of what you can and you can't do. But because he didn't go through the proper channels and he didn't do that, all right, now we're here where we are today. But nationally, you know, I wouldn't say that he's prominent, but he's done some songs with some prominent artists. Maybe he, I would describe as prominent adjacent, like he's right next to the prominent guys, and maybe he's on the way up. Once again, I'm not going to sit here and act like I went and listened to his last album or anything, but I've seen he has songs with Lil Durk. He has songs with Futures. Okay, he's gotten some pretty big features, and then some of his music videos, even without those uh, two artists, have reached the millions. So this was something that you did need to get ahead of. But many people weren't going to see this. And also the target demographic that he's shooting for likely isn't going to think this looks bad on FAMU. He might just be like, oh, he's in the FAMU locker room. That's cool. But they're not going to think about the image of FAMU. That doesn't mean that the, the university needs to just shut up about it. They still need to disassociate themselves. But this is why I don't think that is going to be a conversation for long. Right. That's what I'm trying to hammer on, because that's the point at the beginning is that this controversy, if you even want to call it that. That feels a tad bit strong, but whatever you want to call this situation, it'll be here today, going tomorrow. That's what I think. That's what I believe for these reasons, right? So what I would have done is just, I would have disassociated myself like the president did. And what he said was, I'm aware of an unauthorized music video shot on our campus. And I'm asking for an immediate investigation to determine how it happened. This video doesn't represent our doesn't represent our core values nor our commitment to ex excellence with caring in all aspects of the university, including athletics. I would have likely kept it there. Now, Willie Simmons came out and publicly said we're suspending all team activities. I wouldn't have done that publicly. I likely would have just said we ain't got nothing to do with that. And then if I am suspending activities, done that private. I would have went in with an internal investigation to see how this happened. And I would have dealt with it from there because he was likely sending a message to his team, which I completely approve of. I just would have sent that message without all the public because I think that's how this became a big story. Had they just said, no, we had nothing to do with that. You're not going to see ESPN talking about this. This is not a story. The music video itself is not a story because he's sitting here talking about things that you don't want to associate with. So you have to, you know, he's talking about getting a Bill Clinton special. He's talking about stealing phones. Like, and this is all while in your locker room, that part specifically. And yes, you're going to have those type of songs playing around the campus. You're going to have those type of songs, maybe even wearing fam, you apparel. But if it's going to be a music video, 
I would probably want a little bit more creativity, right? You're just rapping in the FAMU locker room and you're rapping in front of a gas station. You're not really adding too much creativity visually and it's not really too much creativity um, lyrically either, in my opinion. So that's what I would have done because you got to make sure that the sponsors and the, the partners that you have, you have to make sure that they know you had no parts of this. You don't co-sign this because they could trip. But unless a prominent player gets suspended because of this, which who knows, that's the most likely of the external things I'm about to mention. Unless that happens because that player was a big reason on why Boston Richie was able to record that video there, unless that happens, or if Boston Richie speaks out against FAMU, which I don't think is going to happen, unless there's some NCAA sanctions, which I don't think is going to happen, unless a sponsor drops FAMU because of this, which I really don't think is going to happen. If that happens, you just wanted to drop FAMU from the jump. Unless any of those things happen, this is going to be a story that is here today. It's gone tomorrow. There's kind of a double-edged sword with Swag Media Day being either in two days or tomorrow, depending on when you're listening to this, because I'm probably going to drop this late Sunday. I don't usually do that, but I wanted to speak on this relatively quickly within our show schedule. So at Swag Media Day, you'll have to answer to this. People will ask about it. It'll be what it'll be. But then you can also give them something else to talk about. It's going to have to be something, you know, good because people want to talk about the drama. They want to talk about these things. But overall, the FAMU leaders did what they needed to do. They handled this the right way. The music video is going to move on. Music itself doesn't have a long shelf life of conversation nowadays. So I highly doubt just because it's in a FAMU locker room all of a sudden. Oh, my gosh. Let's talk about this for two weeks. No, this will be here today, gone tomorrow, unless something major is added to it, unless some new layer comes to play. But moving forward, we're going to look at the MIAC Media Day, which just happened. Would have been a lead segment had we had the opportunity. But Trey Oliver responded to Larry Scott's comments, Howard head coach Larry Scott's comments, about needing a MIAC championship game. And let's just say this is a big reason that I really like Trey Oliver, and I'll show you why as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. And listen, every single championship team needs the right part. Maybe you're missing a running back. Maybe you're missing a wide receiver to add to your, your uh, passing game. You have to have the right part. And that's the same thing with your car. You, you need to get a new alternator. Right. You need to get just an air filter, something like that. Anything you need to get some some something to have your AC blowing because it's hot outside. You have to have the right parts and you need to go to eBay Motors. So the next time that you need those parts and accessories, you go to eBay Motors and you add your car to the garage. When you do that, you can make sure that you don't get any parts that don't fit your car. There's no need to get a, a part for a Cadillac when you have a Dodge. Then you're just going to need more time to get the right part back. They don't have any of that. Go to the garage because just like in sports, confidence is key to winning. When you're driving, you want to feel good. With over 100 million parts to choose from, you're going to feel good going to eBay Motors. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Motors, guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only and exclusions do apply.
As we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for being the first or making us your first listen of the day. Every day for my everydayers, thank you so much. On Wednesday's episode, we'll be diving into SWAC Media Day and probably some of MEAC Media Day as well, just because we're not going to be able to do as much of that on today's episode. But I do have one thing. And maybe I like a little bit of drama. Maybe I like a little bit of petty. Maybe I like a little bit of both. Who knows? But I'll tell you what I do 100% like, and that's Trey Oliver's comments back to Howard head coach Larry Scott. Now, North Carolina Central head coach Trey Oliver is probably my favorite coach in that conference. Honestly, might be my favorite coach in HBCU football because I just like the fight that he comes with. I like the attitude that he brings to the table. I could gravitate towards him if I were a player. And a lot of coaches don't always show the personality in that way. But I think that he's probably one of my favorite out there at the moment. And his latest comments at MEAC Media Day just showed it again. Actually, last year's MEAC Media Day was the reason I gravitated towards him in the first place. So it's only right that on that one-year anniversary, I guess, so to speak, you actually have another soundbite from him. Um, Larry Scott, the Howard football head coach, recently came out and gave his case for why the MEAC should have a championship game. And with that, he took a slight jab at North Carolina Central. And it, it wasn't necessary. I'll be honest with you. It wasn't necessary at all. We discussed this on last week. I think it was the 14th or the 15th. What's today? The 23rd. So or the 24th, so it was probably like Friday, a week and a half ago, somewhere in that in that ballpark. I don't think that the slight towards North Carolina Central was a necessary part of your argument, but he made it. And that slight was that South Carolina State beat North Carolina Central. And ironically enough, that was the only win that South Carolina State had in the conference. That was the only time that they won a game in conference that year. So Larry Scott said, you lost to a team that everybody else did well against. Let's have a championship game. You know how I feel. If you don't, go back to that video. Uh, ironically, a FAMU topic was in front of that again, right? But I wasn't, I, I wasn't a fan of that comment in the slightest. I just don't agree with it at all. But here's what Trey Oliver had to say, and I'm going to break it down into three parts because he did three parts that set up a real answer, a Trey Oliver answer, and then also a nice little shot back. Let's start off with the real legit response. And his response was, we played everybody in the conference. He's right. He's 100% right in that. So if you want to say that South Carolina State beat Central and everybody played everybody, it happened. Everybody played everybody. Cool. I don't need to play again. That's what they're saying. Second part, it was a dig at Howard. He said, we put up 50 on Howard. Now, Oliver isn't naive to why we're having this conversation. He isn't naive to why we're even being asked about a MEAC championship game. He knows what Larry Scott said on the Jeff Lightsey show. He knows that. So I'm going to go ahead and say I put 50 on Howard because really there's no re reason to really talk about that. You can say you put X amount up on whatever. You beat Morgan State back. You could talk about a lot of people. But he specifically says something about Howard because he knows that Larry Scott is the one who really even made this a conversation in the last couple of weeks. Then the, la the last part was a little bit of Trey Oliver Spice. When you hear what he said, he said, right after saying we put a 50 on Howard, he said, who's going to want to come see that again? 
Now, if you were to rightfully point out that just because a game happened one way the first time doesn't mean it'll happen the same way a second time, I'd give you credence on that. I hear you 100%. But it's important to remember that Oliver didn't just up and say, hey, we dropped 50 on, on Howard. We ain't doing this crap again. He responded. And yes, often it is the second man who throws the shot who is the one who actually ends up getting caught. But at the same time, we have to acknowledge that Larry Scott said what he said first. We have to acknowledge that had Trey Oliver not have heard that comment, Trey Oliver isn't saying anything at all. Okay, so that's a very important part of this conversation. But at the same time, I do want to acknowledge that, yes, you had Southern and Jackson State who that game was significantly different. We've seen in the NFL where divisional games between the first time and the second time are significantly different. I hear you. Howard didn't need to bring anything up. The rules are the rules, and I thought it was a really bad explanation on why we needed this championship game. And when you have a bad explanation and you want to send shots, I'm allowed to send shots back, and that's what Trey Oliver did. And when I put 50 on you, I think I'm going to have a, a, a better – I think I'm going to have a better shot in my pocket than you are. If we really going to go back and forth, I think my 50 piece weighs a little bit more than you saying I lost to South Carolina State. That's just ironic. That has absolutely nothing to do with why we should have a MEAC championship game. So I appreciate that. It showed the fire, it showed the spunk, it showed the attitude, it showed everything that made me gravitate towards Trey Oliver. Intelligent response, being petty, and then also a little bit of Trey Oliver's spice. Give me all of that. I appreciate the answer that Trey Oliver had, and I think it's the right one. Now we can move on with the conversation about a MEAC championship game at least until next year when somebody else feels like they deserve one. Now, going forward, somebody who isn't in the MEAC, we went through the SWAC, we went through the MEAC, and now we're going to the CAA with K-Ron Prunty because he checks many of the boxes that you need to be an HBCU draft pick. And let's go through that resume as we wrap up today's episode of Locked On HBCU. As we're wrapping today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day, making it all the way to segment two. I thank you three times for that. Now, K-Ron Prunty, North Carolina A&T cornerback, is a player who I truly believe checks many of the boxes and maybe the most important box when it comes to being an HBCU draft pick. He'll be going into his redshirt junior year. He's eligible to leave if that's what he wants to do. Maybe it's not what he wants to do. But if it is, I think he's going to shake many of the boxes to be a draft pick in 2024. So let's get into what the most important draft pick or uh, the, the most important box is. First off, you have to be a good player. He was a first team all Big South player in his first and only year thus far in Greensboro. So he came to North Carolina ANC and was an immediate impact player. Cool. Now, maybe the most important box for his draft status is the fact that he actually came over from Kansas. That's something that shouldn't be looked at lightly. We have many a transfers. We have many of players who are all conference, but he was really good at Kansas. I mean, he excelled. There's almost to the point where you would question why he left Kansas. That was because he wanted to be closer to family. He felt like he's from Virginia. 
being out in Kansas, like that's not really what I want to do. He ended up transferring over to South Carolina, but then he didn't play a game for them. And he actually left, I think, within the same offseason. But it doesn't seem to be anything bad. If you were wondering, North Carolina a t is closer to his high school than South Carolina is. I think it's like two hours of a difference. So if we're going to go with he wanted to be close to family, the second move still makes a lot of sense. But there's no question about the talent. And it doesn't seem to be really much of a question about was there any any problems, any trouble. I couldn't find anything bad. He just went to North Carolina A&T. He just wanted to go to North Carolina A&T. That's it. He wasn't pushed there. That's just where he wanted to be. But he excelled in the Big 12 before that. And that's the key. I will give the disclaimer that some of his success, not some of his success, all of his success at the University of Kansas was in 2020. And was that a weird year? Yeah. Was that now three years ago at this point? Yeah. So if you want to say it's a little bit devalued, okay, I hear you. But it hasn't been removed of all value. The fact that he was out there not only starting at Kansas, not only playing well, but being a player who was a Big 12, all Big 12 honorable mention as a true freshman, had 10 pass breakups. Now, those 10 pass breakups weren't just good for best in the Big 12 as a freshman. That was actually good for best in the nation as a freshman. When you look at his completion percentage, that was seventh best in the nation, not as far as freshmen go, but as all defensive backs, all defensive players go, right? So you're looking at a player who was a lockdown corner, showed the makings of being a lockdown corner as a true freshman. Do we just look at that ceiling and say, oh, he's at North Carolina a It doesn't matter anymore. No, I don't expect that to happen, nor do I feel like it should happen. Because you have to look at what he did as a true freshman in a premier conference in the nation. FBS. We look at the FBS games that HBCU players play and say, that's the time for you to show out. That's the time for you to pop up and say, I can play with other kinds of players no matter what my current competition level is. Because let's just be real. The SWAC isn't respected. The MEAC isn't respected. You know what is respected? The Big 12. The, 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 I'll just leave it at the Big 12. You know what else is respected? The CAA. I already told you that he was an honorable mention in the Big 12, one of the best freshman cornerbacks in the country. He comes to North Carolina a after a year off, becomes a first-team All-Big South player. Now he's going to the CAA, which is respected by many, and I've even heard being called the best FCS conference. You excel in that conference. Say you come in and you have another all-conference season, you just check the competition battle. You were really good in the in the Big 12 as a true freshman. You can't have that taken away from you. Now, as a redshirt junior, just a couple of years later, you've been one of the best defensive backs in arguably the best FCS conference. Yeah, you got to give it up to him. You have to. That's something that you can't take away from K-Ron Prunty. Now, there was two bare minimum uh, requirements that needed to be checked when it came to HBCU players, and that was size and testing. We talked about that after the draft because we didn't have but one player drafted. Size, he's 6'2", 180. He could probably put on a little bit of weight. 6'2 is a good height. He ain't changing that, but it's a good height. If he can come in 185, 190, like he was listed at 189 um, at Kansas. So it's not like we've never seen him at that weight. 
6'2", there's no questions about size. Testing, that's to be determined. It hasn't happened yet. That's the 40, the, uh, the vert, all of those things. It hasn't been tested. But you're looking at a player who has excelled in the FBS week after week. He doesn't need to play one FBS team once a season. He played Big 12 competition every single week for a full season. Then he comes in and possibly has a good year in arguably the best FCS conference. He has the size. The only box that needs to be checked is the testing. Well, with those first two boxes, the size and the testing might matter just a slight bit less. K-Ron Prunty, with all of those things working for him, is perfectly set up to be an HBCU draft pick in the NFL draft in 2024 or 2025. It's just a matter of when he decides to come out and declare. And I appreciate you for declaring Locked on HBCU, your first listen of the day, every day until Wednesday when we're breaking down the SWAC Media Day and hopefully some good stories that come out of that Tuesday. Until then, next time we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.